Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Vile Files Ask Nick edition. Hope you're all having a safe and wonderful holiday. Happy 4th of July for all you tuning in uh, during the holiday season. I'm here with the household of Allie, Amanda, and Derek. How's everyone doing? I like that it's a holiday season. <laughs> well, you know. It's just one day. Why can't 4th of July? No, not really. 4th of July is I, a bit of a, a season. It's a barbecue holiday season. Yeah, and maybe. like depending on when 4th but of July falls, it's on a it's Tuesday. <laughs> no one's working today. It's a Monday mostly, you know, yeah. right? Like, so it's a bit of a It is of kind a of the, and I say this as a Jew, it is kind of like the Christmas of summer. Fourth yeah, of July. It really is. It really is. Would you it agree is, with that? It is for me. You're a Midwesterner. I, I feel know. like you'd have more gumption for the Fourth <laughs> no, of July. I like Fourth of July. I just have never heard it <laughs> referred to as a season. Well, it's like, it's, how did we get here? Where you have to defend like, <laughs> like yeah. it's what we, the fuck, Allie. Uh, okay, uh, <laughs> but yeah, not a season to you. Uh, well, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, I know you probably could be out somewhere enjoying some sun, enjoying some family, but maybe, maybe everyone just got annoying. You wanted and you missed us, so. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, and maybe you're tuning in after the 4th of July. Either way, we, we, we are glad that you chose us. Uh, what are we getting into, Amanda? I wanted to talk about good night etiquette. Okay. In terms of in relationships, because for me, that has always been such a clear marker of like like all of my old journals, like the good night milestone mm. of like when you get to a point where you're saying good night every night. And I feel like with nowadays, like the dating climate, so many people get there before they're like having any kinds of conversations about like, what are we? Are we seeing other people? Like, I feel like people say goodnight to each other every night before having a conversation about exclusivity. And so I was I wanted to hear people's thoughts on kind of like, first of all, what your expectations are surrounding like good night from a partner. So like someone you are like officially labeled and dating, like if they're are away you sleeping together. What are you like in the same bed? Are we talking in the same bed? Are we talking like texting we're talking yeah we're talking like when you're not sleeping in the same bed good nights the early dating you you thought we were asking like if you go to bed with someone are you (laughs) supposed to let them know like good night or are you just supposed to drop off the face of the earth and then suddenly you're asleep literally (laughs) i I, I think there's no i think i mean shit there's probably a lot of married couples listening to this who don't even say good night anymore yeah i'm sad oh i thought it was one of the things i thought it was so sweet i think it was danielle said was she was like we every day like we go back and forth on like something we're grateful for today with our kids yeah. right like something yeah. like one highlight from the day of like parenting and she was saying it in the context of like especially because we'd gone in being like we have two young kids right now like our relationship is not going to be able to exist in this way it existed before and we know we want to come back to this but right now we just need to like channel a ton of energy into parenting and I thought that was such a cute little good night ritual so you do make a good point that there are people who even though sleeping in the same bed are not saying good night but if we focus on the virtual good nights, what do we? Does it go without saying that your partner owes you a good night? Uh, no. I I don't know if I'm supposed to say yes or no. I don't and think it's it's, a, it's an expectation you should naturally expect. That's fascinating, because I so thought that it was just on everyone's radar as like yeah, like you sneeze and then you say excuse me or like you yeah. know what i mean but like i thought it was such dating a... someone for let's say six weeks i mean you know if like if you define the relationship you'd think oh there's usually some excitement around that so you're like oh my god good night i love you you know that whole like Yo, you get off the phone shit like that but yeah i, I you know the... he's not a big good night person nick 
Because he's told me that <laughs> in the past. He's like, throw him for a curveball. Stop saying goodnight. Every so often, just don't tell him goodnight and see how he responds. Your uh, goodnights are leverage. It's like you make a big, it's like, unless it's communicated. I don't think you should assume. Okay, I don't so... think you should assume. I think it's an, if it's an expectation that you want, it's reasonable mm-hmm. and it should be communicated. Say, you know, I really like it when we end each day saying goodnight to one another. Could we do that? I think that is a very reasonable ask. I don't think you should ever just assume or expect it. I think it'd be weird if your partner's like, well, I don't like doing that. Then you'd be like, okay. Like, <laughs> okay. Like, uh... Is there a reason why this is such an inconvenience? <laughs> like, you know, but it just might not be on their radar, you know, because like the think of like, oh, I didn't say goodnight yet. You know, like, I don't mm-hmm. know. Like some people are, are a little bit more independent. You know, maybe you're dating someone who hasn't had a partner in two or three years, which is that isn't that uncommon these days. You know, I think me more, more and more people are used to being single based off of a choice they made or they just haven't found someone. And when you're single, you become far more independent. You know, you don't just not saying goodnight to people. It's not part of your routine, you know. And so if it's not like top of mind, you just might not think about it. Just communicate it. Allie, I feel like you've been in some situations where it's been like long distance. Yeah. But like there's definitely been whether it's been like labels or whether there's been like communication, like it's definitely been like clear involvement. Like, how do you feel like what are your like good night expectations? Like, does it just happen naturally or is it something you tend to communicate with people? It once it started happening with Promising Young Man, it just stayed. And I feel like it was important because it like we're in different time zones. We're in completely different states and cities. I never knew, like, sometimes he would, like, work night shifts or he'd work during the day. I'm like, I don't know. I don't have his location, so I don't know if he's at the hospital or if he's home. Like, it just was, like, so nice to know when he was signing off. And then there was usually, like, a good morning, so he's back online. But, yeah. But you didn't communicate those expectations. No, but we just both did it. It was, like, an unspoken, like, compatibility thing. Until we broke up? Sure, Nick. (laughs) Yeah. No, but I remember it, like, stopped before you broke up. Well, I mean, his communication really changed. Yeah. Yeah. Which I feel like is so, I think it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I, I had a triggered. dream about him last night. I told Amanda, I was like, I woke up and I was so sad. Uh, was it, wait, you do you want to talk at all this guy. about the dream? Like, it, feel it free to say. just like we were back together and it was good. And then when you woke up, like, how are you? <laughs> like, and now he's with someone else. I'm yeah. so sorry, Queen. No. That's really tough. Mm-hmm. Like when you like get wrenched out of it and you're yeah. like, Wait, emotionally, like, what just oh, happened? We're to not me? together. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. I think Oof. you just start hating him like me. Yeah, you <laughs> Nick, never. Yeah, Nick. That's <laughs> a form of fierce loyalty to you. I just, <laughs> it's like, I just has never said a good word about promising young man. <laughs> I'll never forget when I showed Nick pictures of him, and Nick was like, huh? Really? Okay. <laughs> like, well, I think after we heard about the airport communication. Well, I, I didn't. I didn't. I, that was I, hard I to never come back heard. From. I never heard. Uh, I never heard you brag about his behavior. That's not true. I think earlier on you did. Absolutely. Mm, like, not in a point that I was, like, overwhelmed. Like, wow, you have a good one. No, I wasn't overwhelmed by his behavior. No. Mm. And only to, like, you know, see his face. I was like, like, what's the what's the catch? <laughs> what am I? What are, what, are, what are we having a hard time letting go of? No, everything. No, but everything. literally nothing. No, he treated me really well at the beginning. He treated you fine. Nuh-uh. I'll fight. I literally would have married this man. 
Derek, do you say goodnight every single night? I know you have a long distance relationship. What is your like kind of unspoken or spoken policy surrounding goodnight? How did you get into your routine if you have a routine? I think it's something that you just assume and like it grows up in something that you do. But I think it's kind of a trust thing. I don't think we say goodnight as much unless it's like, I think if you're like out or doing something, then it's kind of like nice to do a goodnight as like a sink. But it's one of those things where it's like, if you know someone's home, it's like, Oh, like, you know, like we both work hard. So sometimes we just randomly fall asleep. It's not like, yeah. you know, it's like one of those things where it is a nice sync point, but further and further into a relationship, if you guys don't do it, it's not like a disappointment. It's no, not an expectation. It's also okay in a relationship to say, Hey, I've noticed that we just like, we've gotten away from this and it could just be a vehicle to like, again, stay more connected. Like you can, you know, like the, it, once you get in a relationship, as Derek mentioned, you just, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, like I, I fell asleep on the couch or whatever. And, and you just like stop doing a thing that you would always do. And yeah, like I think there's a difference between, uh, wait, why didn't you say goodnight to me last night and getting mad about it and creating a fight over it versus saying, hey, like I'd like to try to do, like I'd like for us to make an effort in doing this more effort uh, to, with each other so that, you know, we're just, you know, ending our day and starting our day by by checking in with one another. So much again is about delivery, but yeah, I just don't think it's something you should assume. And when it when it slows down, just ask if it's something you guys can incorporate without saying we never do this anymore. Why don't we do this? We mm-hmm. never do it. You know, because it sounds that even when you say we, it sounds like you never do this anymore. Yeah. I yeah. want to do this. You know, be like, could we start? Could we work on this together? Yeah, something I would love if we... If we tried this. And then, like, then if they have a problem with it, then that's that's weird. And God willing, or God forbid, God forbid they do. God willing we all break up with each other and end in heartbreak. And we're all single and we're all happy and we're communal and we're all in a relationship (laughs) together. But should you be going through a breakup, whether it's goodnight related or otherwise, and you need a song to listen to... When you're dreaming about your ex as if you're still together a year later. (laughs) Yeah, and you need a playlist that speaks to your sorrows. Direct you to our Breakup Song of the Week. As a reminder, this is available on our Instagram. It's a highlight. So if you go to our page, it is right under like little bio section above our posts. And the Breakup Song of this week is Part of Me by Noah Kahan. Noah's latest album, Stick Season, is what made him popular, but I came across the song from one of our older albums this person wrote. So they want, they want us to know this is a deep love, cut. They're love, an OG love, fan. Love, love, love. Um, the lyrics that they highlighted are, I bring up our resident reader. Put that font in overdrive. If anyone knows a good LASIK surgeon, slide into my DMs. All right. <clears throat> you were only a minute of my time. I don't miss you. I miss the way you made me feel. That's it? Oh, yeah, those okay. are the lyrics. Wow, that was not challenging. Uh, <laughs> you never know. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> I'm, be, I'm playing it safe. I'm it's like, two words. Amanda's like, like, our resident lyric reader. You were only a minute of my time. Yep. No, you made the right call. <laughs> you, kept it, you kept it flowing. Thank you. And the person who submitted this said, I feel like this is a very good situation chip breakup song. Having to tell yourself that they, were the, they weren't the right person for you and you weren't with them for very long, but missing the feeling of being with someone. Also, my recent ex-situationship's birthday is next week. And thanks to Nick advice, Nick's advice, I'm staying strong and I'm not going to text him happy birthday. Good job. But yeah, I feel like it's real. If, uh, it's not love. It's just toxic stimulation mm-hmm. in terms of that feeling that you're missing. All right. Well, we have a great week lined up for you, even though it is uh, the 4th of July season. Tomorrow, 
Uh, we have a Bachelor recap dose with uh, fan favorite friend of show Kathy Kelly is with us. Woo! Uh, to get into all the nonsense nonsense that is uh, this season. Uh, super much, very much enjoying the season. If you haven't given this season a try yet, so far so great. I'm really entertained by Charity. I, I think in the best possible way. She's a little more messy and a little more toxic than I anticipated. I'm sure she'll figure it all out. She is obviously an intelligent queen, but uh, I am enjoying her making some bad decisions for herself, at least early on in this season. So if you're you're not watching, I, I highly recommend giving it a, a shot. Uh, and then also we have Marie Forleo on Thursday's episode of Going Deeper. Marie, a very successful life coach. Uh, she's got the Oprah stamp of approval. So if you ever were going to go a life coach, make sure that Oprah agrees with them. Anyways, is a life coach skeptic out there. I enjoy my conversation with Marie and just, it's really an episode about just being your best self and how to reach those points of your life and, and, and ways to get yourself out of a rut if you're feeling like you might be in one. So uh, we thought that'd be a, a great conversation to have over this holiday week. And then we're back next week with Scott Evans, brother of Chris Evans. Ooh, Scott is starring in the new Barbie movie. And so really looking forward to uh, talking with uh, Scott, probably about his brother a lot, uh, about uh, his time on the Barbie set, working with Ryan Gosling and working with uh, Margot, Robbie. Margot Robbie. Anyways, that should be a real fun episode with Scott. I can tell about the one time I saw him at the Golden Globes with his brother and I was staring at him awkwardly for like 10 minutes. So be sure to check out that. Don't forget to send in all those questions at asknick at thevilefiles.com for all things Ask Nick, texting office hours, all of the above. Don't forget, for all the people who love your updates, we have two more bonus updates every month in addition to the one you're getting on Vile Files Classic behind Vile Files Plus. If you haven't checked it out, it out yet, trust me, you are missing out. It's free to sign up. You can try it for seven days for free. Just go to vilefiles.com, click on the uh, Vile Files Plus tab. It's super easy to sign up, and you can listen to it the same way you're listening to this episode. So it's amazing. Check it out. We love you. Let's get to our callers. Question time with Nick. Let's ask Nick your sexy questions. How's it going? Hi, my name is Emma. I'm 26, and I don't understand why my boyfriend is faking his orgasms. Okay. Wow. Uh... <laughs> How, how do you well how how do you know he's faking an orgasm? <laughs> okay, so well, well it's funny is obviously women are the ones typically faking the orgasms, right? Not in this case. Um so he he pulls out and goes into a towel, like a little white towel. I'm sure this is not hopefully he's not the only one that does this. Pull out method, I guess you want to say whatever. Um so he brings a towel. He has well we live together. But in his little like bedside table, he has like a bunch of white little towels for this purpose that he, I'm not kidding, bought in bulk at Costco. Like little white, That's like little weird. towels you would use to like wash your car. He's done it ever since when we started dating almost three years ago. But what's weird is one of my exes did the same thing. So I didn't think it was weird. I don't know. <laughs> He's very worried about like getting people pregnant, so he said he's always done this. Okay, well that's okay. How do you know he's <laughs> is, that di- is that a different question? No, but how do you know he's faking it though? So he is. Okay, so he has these towels, and then you guys yeah. are se- having sex. Goes into his little drawer of towels, pulls out his towel. He's just uh, uh, pumping, pumping, and then grabs a towel, covers his dick, and then does he give out like a fake, uh, uh, like kind of? 
well, sure. Like a normal noise. Yeah. Right. Like, well, he'll like pull out or if I'm on top, we like get off, get off. Right. So then he can fucking do his thing or whatever. He yells at you to get off. (laughs) To pull out essentially, or, you know, just push me off. Right. Get off. You know, I'm going to whatever. And then goes in a towel. But you looked in the towel. So if I, so I sometimes have asked to do it on me, some women like that. So he'll do that. But I would say in the last month or so, I don't know what started me thinking he was faking it. I think that it was, he got, <laughs> I'm going to get really graphic here. Get into he it. Got soft, he got soft halfway through and that has happened before. He's not old, right? He's just older than me. He's not like, How old is you he? know, he's, he's third, almost 35. Okay. He's not old. I get it. Yeah. You're not, you're not, you're older than 35, Nick. I get it. Thank you for reminding me. But it's me. not yeah. old. <laughs> but anyway. He will get, he got soft halfway through. I had, he's like, needs my help doing whatever he needs me to do to fix it. And then. (laughs) So he wants you to suck his dick. (laughs) Yes. And, or go in the position that he prefers. We don't agree on the best position, right? Nor do you have have to to go in his position. No, I agree. But when we both get our way, right, we, we do mine and then we do his and that's great. So one time he went soft halfway through and I felt it obviously. And then. Towards, towards the end, I felt it getting soft again. And I could tell whenever he gets soft halfway through, he gets a little insecure. And I can tell he's like, it, it's, it, it's, I don't know, I'm tired. Or, or he'll like make sure. up an excuse because I, I think he does get insecure about it. And which is, I totally, and I'm very open about all this stuff with him. Like we're, we're okay about it. Like, it's not that big of a deal. It's really not. I totally empathize with it. Um, so anyway, towards the end, I felt him get soft again. And then I felt him like essentially not, I didn't know if it was fake. But obviously, in my head, I thought it might have been because afterwards, he threw the towel in the laundry and then went downstairs. And this is maybe t- toxic of me, but I went to go feel it. And it was bone dry, completely bone dry, front and back. I'm literally rubbing it, rubbing my hand all over. You're it, putting it on your face. Dry. You're like scrubbing <laughs> your face just to make sure. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, OK, I don't know. Whatever. Like, maybe that was maybe he felt like he was going soft again and didn't want me to have to do what I knew. You know, maybe he was getting insecure. Like, that's all right. And then it happened again like a week later and or maybe like a week and a half later. I don't know. And I checked it again and it was dry. I'm like, hey, this is like pissing me off now. And then again. So anyway, I'm out of town and I wanted to for eight days and I wanted to have great sex before I left. And so we were doing it. And then I'm like, this was another fake. So afterwards, I feel it and it was fake. I'm like, great. Now I'm going away for eight days and I'm thinking like, well, that sucks. And and what's weird, or I guess not weird, good, is that I often don't have to fake it. I often do. And maybe that's why he knows I already have. And so then he's thinking like, well, she's over it now. I'm just going to fake it. So it's over. Have you ever faked an orgasm? Well, plenty. Okay. With why not, do you, you know, with men. And, why do you fake an orgasm? Because I want them to feel like they've accomplished something. Or I know, hey, you know what? This isn't it. I'm not going to. So I'm just going to fake it. So he thinks I did. And I know I'm not going to. Well, so why would a man? So so is it the same thing then? Is that yeah. why he's doing it? I mean, I assume yes. I mean, usually, you know, what is it? Actum's razor. The most simplest explanation is the is the correct one. And yes, I mean, you know, society has this double standard or whatever you want to call it that it is incredibly easy for men to climax whenever mm-hmm. you know they're just walking hard-ons and if you touch their dick it'll explode full of cum or whatever the <laughs> fuck you know and um i think as young people hooking up there's always this like 
expectation for men climaxing, you know, even the point I think women, you know, uh, I think young women or maybe women of all ages will wrongly decide that that sex for them is about getting a guy off because there's that sense of accomplishment. There's like this tangible thing of, well, I got him to get off. So therefore I'm good at sex or therefore he loves me or therefore he's attracted to me. All these things. Right. Yeah. Same reason. And again, why, you know, like why women might fake orgasms, you know, part of the reason was why is like, just like biologically speaking, it is very difficult for the majority of women to climax via pen- via penetrative sex mm-hmm. or it's and, and for other women it's just difficult to climax period you know there could be past yeah. trauma or whatever you know these a, a lot of variables that come into it right and so so why is he do it again like yeah he's there's a probably like you said you sense a sense of embarrassment you know there is you know it's just like mm-hmm. i think every guy wants their dick to work like it always did when they were 19 uh, he could be stressed out. He, he, he just like, he not, he might not be able to maintain the erection. Here's my guess. First, if, if he's having sex with you and he's unable to maintain the reaction first, the first insecurity is why isn't my dick working the way I want it to? Right. The second mm-hmm. insecurity is what is she going to think about this? The third insecurity yeah. is like, is she yeah. going to feel, is she, am I going to make her feel like I don't desire her to, uh, yeah. you know, all these, you know, so he has like three worries right off the bat, you know? So just like you, you're thinking like, oh, well, it's just fucking easier just to like fake the orgasm. It's not about him. It has nothing to do mm-hmm. with him. I'm just, it's not going to mm-hmm. happen for me. I'm tired. It's, this has lasted too long. There's too much chafing going on. Now it's gotten uncomfortable. I'm starting to get <laughs> sore. You know, all these things that are, and you're just like, fuck it. Uh, you know, you're so hot, baby. And again, it literally has nothing to do with him in some <laughs> cases, right? But you're just like, yeah. that's for everyone's sake, yeah. I'm just going to like pretend this was the best sex ever and move on. That's that's my guess in the why. But all that aside, you just fucking ask him. And I know it's a sensitive subject. Wait, I don't want him to... I know because then he's going to know that I reached into the laundry, got the towel, felt it up and down both sides. Like he's going to know that I did that. And I feel like he's going to be like, why are you like testing me or why are you like going behind my back and doing Listen, it's a, it's an awkward conversation. But first, I don't think you say that first. It's kind of like, Hey babe, can I ask you a vulnerable question? Have you ever faked an orgasm with me? See what he says. If he lies to you, then you have to hit him with the, like, listen, I, I know it's going to sound fucking weird, but like, the reason why I, I checked the towel and I didn't see anything in it. And listen, it's okay. It's, babe, it's okay. It's like, I fucking love you. There's nothing going, mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong. I just want to talk to you about something. I want to talk to you about our sex life. I am not accusing you of anything. I love you. I love your dick. You're amazing. Mm-hmm. I just like, I'm just a little kid. And I, I just want us to talk about these, these things at times. And you just have to do your best to not make him feel attacked. Like you can only do so much yeah. and he's going to have to work on how, he responds when he's feeling a little vulnerable and insecure and a little defensive. Like at the end of the day, he's just going to have to like man up and have an awkward conversation with his girlfriend. Yeah. Well, what's the resolution? Cause this, cause I mean, on top of this, he's also just not that sexual and we have sex, not as much as I would like to. And I, I think often it's because his libidos or I don't know, is that what it's called for men? I'm not sure, think, but it's you know. not as, yeah, it's, I'm younger and, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know, but it's just not where I would like it to be. And then on top of it, he'll go through spells where it's just like the soft issue. And then now this thing. And so I'm like, is there more to it? Like my friends and I, which uh, this is obviously a joke. I've joked that I should drug him with some sort of 
hill, which obviously I would never do that so wrong. But like, there's some like there's is, but I would never want to tell a man, hey, you have a erectile dysfunctional problem and you need to go to the doctor. Like, no, it's that's not, not my he, thing. He might not have. I mean, I'm not a fucking dick doctor, I, so I don't. I, I have no idea. But I just because he doesn't hold a, an erection a hundred percent of the time through sex, I don't think means he has ED. You know, okay. I, I think that's far more common than not common. And again, like, okay. you know, listen, after you have sex your whole fucking life and you have yeah. sex with the same person for a period of time, like you're going to have to kink it up a little bit. Otherwise, like straight up missionary or whatever, it just kind of like. Tell him. So how. OK, so then, then that's the next question. How do you how do you. He is not like that. He's just very he likes it his way and he's not very kinky and it's a little bit uncomfortable for him, I feel like. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, you, he's you're, these are these issues that couples have to talk through. You have the right to have your needs met in a relationship, whatever those needs are. And, 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 mm-hmm. and most people's relationships under that category of needs comes like physical touch and sex mm-hmm. and things like that. Now, within reason, it's not reasonable for you to be like, I want to get fucked every day, you know, five times a day. It's just like, OK, well, mm-hmm. maybe that's a you problem. Right. Mm-hmm. But there's mm-hmm. a there's a balance there. And you have the right to be like, hey, babe, like I just I want us to explore more intimacy and I want us to kind of get outside of the box. And like it might not be his first thing, but like he also should want to meet your needs. Yeah. And right? if he if he if he gets weird about it and he's like, no, I'm doing it my way, then that's obviously a red flag. I guess. Right. Yeah. He's just like, well, no, yeah. I fuck how I want and I don't want to do that. Well, then that's a com- potential compatibility issue. Yeah. You know, yeah. he's got to be willing to try. It's not like you're asking to do anything crazy. And then listen, like, again, I don't know much about it, but I think there are supplements out there that he probably could take to enhance his sex drive. That doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily mean he has ED. I don't, you know, Yeah. I do. I think some people take it recreationally. Again, I know, I know very little about it. So maybe I'm speaking out of turn. But like he could talk to a doctor and be like, hey, listen, like, you know, sometimes I have sex with my girlfriend and sometimes mm-hmm. like I lose my heart on half between between sex. I'm I'm, I'm willing to guess his doctor m- most likely will say that can happen. It's probably mm-hmm. stress. It's, you know, there's nothing there's nothing wrong with you. But if you're looking for a little punch, I could subscribe you some you know, whatever, I don't know, Viagra or there's, I think there's yeah. a variety of supplements out there and he can decide whether he wants to, to try that or not. But I think step one, I think you just need to have an honest conversation with him about has he ever faked an orgasm? And then hopefully he just admits it right off the bat. And then you can, and, and maybe you say like, listen, babe, also, if you have, it's okay. But I, I, I just yeah. want, I just want to tell you what's even more okay is that just telling me through sex that it's just not going to happen. Sometimes I'm not always going to come too. And do you want me to fake it or do you want me to just tell you it's not going to mm-hmm. happen? Because I would yeah, rather true. just have my partner to say, hey, babe, like it's, it's, it's just not going to happen. I've had, I've had that happen plenty of my life, you know, and I like to be a giver and I like to think of myself as, mm-hmm. you know, good and bad. And I like to think mm-hmm. that I've hopefully, you know, made a, people i've been intimate with feel good but like just like i i I need to check my ego at the door and recognize that sometimes it's just simply not about me and if 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 i'm being intimate with someone and my partner you know says hey babe it's not going to happen i just need to say okay that's fine 
You know, if she wants to give me a note to say, let's try something else, then great. That's also fine, too. But yeah. sometimes it's just not going to happen. That is so fucking normal. And I think you just need to sit okay. down with him. And not and, take it personal. And not take it personal. And like, he should be able to, like, mm -hmm. you're no different or better than him. It's happened to you. He should recognize that you don't always climax and that you're not going to fake it. You, you've been dating this guy long enough. At a minimum, you should have the lines of communication open to the point where you could just say, hey, babe, it's, just, it's not going to happen today. And he could just say, yeah. you know, it's not going to happen. You can, he can perform oral sex if he's in it, like whatever. Or you bust out the vibrator. You guys do things together. I don't know. But like, you know, he doesn't have to go ahead and fake and, you know, ejaculate in his rag because that's <laughs> unnecessary and silly, you know, and mm -hmm. yeah, don't say it's weird or don't make him feel uncomfortable Just say, hey, babe, I just you can tell me it's no big deal. If you're not going to go, I totally understand. I know what it's like, babe. Then that's what you should say. Let's just like, I don't know what it's like to be a guy, but yeah. I definitely know what it's like to know that sometimes it's just not going to happen. And I can understand that. That might be the same for you. And if you ever feel that way, just tell me. That's okay. No big deal. Okay. You know, and hopefully. And maybe also mention like, like that. I know it's not personal because maybe that's why he's doing it. He's so worried that I'm going to be mad about yeah. or whatever. Maybe, I mean, maybe in the past girls have been mad about it or because it, it, it yes. you have to, I have to tell myself to not take it personally. It's not me. It's. Oh yeah. You know, I like mean, said, he probably is, a, is a, as someone who, as you describe, is not overly sexual. I it would be willing to bet that at some point he was shamed by a woman yeah. he was intimate with who made a big mm -hmm. fucking deal about him not climaxing, made it all about her and was just like, what, I'm not hot enough, blah, 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 I'm not this yeah. or that and just made a big fucking, like every guy has experienced that. And quite honestly, I think it's kind of shitty that it happens. I'm not trying to like, you know, but like, I think that's society in terms of what they're teaching yeah. young men and, and young women, to, like in, in terms of their expectations of what, how sex is supposed to play out. And I think that is a very common misconception that women and men both get wrong. And it wouldn't shock me at all if he has had a, a handful of experiences and, and now he just has decided it's just easier to fake it because I don't need to go through the whole like, why aren't you coming? What's wrong with your dick? Is it me? Mm -hmm. Is it that? And he's mm -hmm. and all he's just like, I don't know. I'm just like, I'm just it's not gonna happen. It's that simple. Yeah. It's just not happening. Yeah. And every woman, I feel like, should understand the it's just not gonna happen right now explanation. And I think in some cases Sweet. it's it's yeah. that simple <laughs> with men too. And then I think you have one conversation about is he fake climaxing? Mm -hmm. I don't know if in the mm -hmm. same conversation you bring up the fact that you got you would like to explore yeah. you know, a little bit this that maybe is another time but you do have the right to is, say babe i want us to get a little bit more creative yeah. in bed maybe you guys just do it for fun you know you position it's just like have you ever thought of doing this for fun because i've heard that like you mm. could have a hard on for four fucking hours and i just want you to like <laughs> fuck me like an animal or whatever the fuck yeah, and yeah, just yeah, yeah. make it a the, the thing that you guys are doing together he's doing it for you yeah. not for himself you're not suggesting that he needs it you're just suggesting that, like, I've heard that, like, guys might get an unrealistic hard-on for an unrealistic period of time, and we can have some unrealistic sex, <laughs> and would that be fun? And he uh -huh. might try it and think, oh, this is great, you know? I love the way this makes me feel, and, yeah. and you make him feel good for doing it rather than judged for doing it, you know? I think there's, mm -hmm. he's probably mm -hmm. dealing with a lot of, like, quite honestly, a little bit of emotional trauma that he's experienced through dating and, and hookup culture and sex over the years. Mm -hmm. And he has decided this is the easiest solution for him. 
And neither of these conversations happen after sex or just before sex, obviously. Yeah, right? yeah, maybe not. Definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> Even the, the fading orgasm over a glass of wine at dinner. I, you know, there's no great time. I just definitely wouldn't do yeah. it right after. Yeah. Maybe okay. in the next few days, maybe just gas him up a little bit. Tell him how, hot he, how good you think he looks and how sexy you think he is. Kind of prime him up. And then like after a few days of that, after you, you made him feel real good about himself, you just say, can we, mm-hmm. can I ask you a question? And like, I know this sounds super like weird. And just so you know, like if it, if the answer is yes, it's totally okay. I've been there before, mm-hmm. but have yeah. you ever yeah. faked climax for me? Because I don't want you to feel like you ever have to. If you, I know what it's like to know that I'm just not going to get off and I don't want to have to fake it with you. I don't think you want to. And like, you shouldn't ever have to feel like you need to with me. It is totally okay Mm -hmm. for you to not get off sometimes i know it's not about me whatever it's not a big deal like it happens to literally everyone and and see what he has to say but that's a fair way of uh, positioning it and he might get a little squirmy and sensitive but like (sighs) he he needs to deal with it and he shouldn't he shouldn't overreact and as long as you create a safe space for him and don't make him feel like it's weird or wrong be the opposite of probably any other girl he's had a conversation with us about and and don't take it personally if he gets a little defensive because we're assuming some women before him have handled this very differently than you're about to try and that is to make them feel bad and judged and shamed and wrong for like their dick not working and making it all about them yeah i I like the idea of being like different than what he's had before so he feels because there's other, you know, emotional things that from girls in the past, not about sex, but like other stuff. And he's mentioned that he enjoys that I'm like a safer space than that. So yeah, this would just be another way of showing so, that. So I just guess. great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, you can get off the phone with us now. Just be like, I just can I just you've you've been looking so good lately or you know, I think you're so hot or whatever. I, I do mm-hmm. think that is something in general, like couples in general could do more of. But yeah, I do think it's something that I think women could try to do more of too i think often we just in relationships it's like i think some women feel like they're supposed to like tease like their way of flirting is to tease and critique and criticize and listen we love that and that's fine too but Mm -hmm. don't be afraid you know to like give the same amount of compliments that you want to receive from your partner you want to i'm assuming to be called beautiful and you want to be made to feel attractive and i think whether a guy says that he wants to hear that, like no guy is going to say, stop complimenting me or stop making me feel sexy. They just don't want to have to ask because then they feel like, oh, well, they're needy or, you know, or whatever. They might get shamed for that or, you know, but like Mm -hmm. gassing a guy up and making him feel desired will go a long fucking way. Okay. I will do that then. Okay. Well, let us know how it goes. I think uh, there's probably a lot of uh, women out there listening to this who are, uh, that you're going to resonate with. And Mm -hmm. we would love some feedback on how this conversation goes. Hopefully you have some, you know, successes and, or, you know, even if it doesn't go well, we'd love to know like how that approach was and how you guys work through it. Because I'm certain you're not the only couple going through something like this because i think it's far more common than is talked about because uh men don't want to acknowledge it women don't want to acknowledge Mm -hmm. it because they think it's something about them so they just kind of pretend Mm -hmm. it's not going on and yada 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 and i so thank you for 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 calling in and sharing your story 
Okay. Good luck. I will let you know. Thank, thank you so much. All thank right. you. I, all right. All right. <laughs> thank bye-bye. You. Bye. That is such a, I do feel like it's so hard to have conversations like that about sex. Like yeah. sometimes in relationships or like, or like, I think it's just, it's really not that it's necessarily hard to do, but I just think it's so easy to get in your head about. Well, yeah, I, I just think, I think with more and more young people hooking up at a more frequent pace with a lack of knowledge and experience, I think young people, um, just through pure ignorance, uh, create a lot of negative experiences around sex and dating. And it's not just one-sided, you know, it's, it's not, and listen, there's a lot of shitty men out there that provide a lot of bad experiences for women when it comes to sex, but it can go both ways. And, 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 and it's not even like they just, not like they ever mean to, or they're trying to, it's just obviously a very vulnerable thing to have sex. Yeah. And then with hookup culture, we're just like, so again, used to getting naked and exchanging fluids without knowing anything about them. And we're, and we act like we're not going to be emotionally affected by it. And, and so when you think that a guy is supposed to climax and it's supposed to be generally easy for him and he doesn't, you might have a poor reaction to a guy doing it. And then meanwhile, you know, like, I've had so many conversations with women friends or ex-girlfriends who we might have a conversation around sex and they'll say that, well, they don't like this or that. And I'll ask them why. And it's always the same thing. They had, they basically, some asshole in high school or college said some off-putting shit to them and made them feel judged about a part of their body or about something they did or didn't do and essentially kind of traumatized them when it came to that particular thing or whatever it is. And the same thing can happen to men. You know, so if a guy at 18, 19 or 20 or whatever it is, has an experience with a woman and she criticizes him or calls him weird or makes him feel inadequate or like he's doing something wrong, like you don't think that's going to affect him or stick with him, you know, and unless someone like, you know, corrects that, you know, uh, kind of perception that they have about themselves or sex in general, it's just always going to stick around. Yeah. Because, like, as a society, we often just don't talk about it. We just don't talk about sex. No. So we have so many, so much misinformation out there about sex, and and we wonder why thirty-five year old men can have these kind of little boy behaviors and like these kind of almost juvenile like yeah things when it comes to sex. Well, it's because like no one's ever fucking told them different. You know, totally. That's a really and their fucking dumb buddies don't know it. any better. And they're just like, yeah, it's coming a fucking rag. Just fake it, you know, because they're too afraid to have that conversation because the last time that happened, the woman that they're just calling fucking weird. Yeah. You know, because it's very vulnerable. And what do we do when we feel vulnerable and secure? Like, or, you know, we fight back or we say something because if we feel small, then we want the person to feel small too. And it's like, you know, and, and we, we turn into our childlike selves at any time. And literally, like when we experience trauma as a kid, you know, like we've talked about, like, but using it as adults, it doesn't have to be like some crazy trauma. Like if you are 18 and you're feeling very vulnerable and, and, and the partner person you're sharing a bed with or exchanging fluids with, with says something that makes you feel inadequate, that that's a, a level of trauma that you're experiencing. And so in the future, when you, ex- when you get triggered by something, you're going to turn into the 18 year old you. And you you might act like a child. It doesn't make it okay. But again, this is this. You have to start. We have to start having these conversations. And it's like this internalized like purity culture 
that like no matter how much of like a liberated embodied person you are, like I think just like growing up with like that kind of messaging, like it just it really underserves like men, women, like all people, because I I do think there's this especially like when it is like a woman is like, I would like to somehow advance in sex, whether it's like I want to have sex more, whether it's I want to have kinkier sex, like whatever it is, like I feel like any time that urges felt like with like my friends whenever I felt like that it is like there's like this real shame around it of like well I guess I'm just not hot enough like it feels desperate in a way even though that makes no sense like of course with two people like 50 50 odds one of them would be like a little bit more interested in more than you know and you're meeting in the middle but there's still like I just, and I think like and it's that that also creates a culture where like men are like well I can't I can't not come like it's my yeah. job. Yeah, it's like what is that? What's it gonna say about me? It's like I don't know. Maybe you're just like had a stressful day. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> literally. And maybe you're just in your head about something else. The the point is, is that I think we often uh, take for granted men's ability to climax, and we just act like it's some sort of push this button, and it's a, a guarantee to happen a hundred percent of the time. And again, when you're a, a horned up nineteen year old. Like, yes, and and you uh, you're lucky enough to like have a girl who wants to like take your clothes off. Like whatever you might be thinking about is gonna be like set aside because your dick's gonna be so hard and it's gonna be pretty easy for you to climax. And that might happen a lot of times, but more realistically, we have stresses, we have things in our mind, we have things to worry about, we have other things going on, and and we're not able to stay 100% present through sex and it has nothing to do with how hot they think you are or how desired they have you know and so we just have to extend that grace and acknowledge it and and stop shaming our partners uh when when they can't climax because it's not about you great point so we bring on our next caller let's do it sometimes when you're in the middle of writing and i often thought about this like when i was in college you feel like you know what you want to say, but you've said it so many times and you just want a way to rephrasing or maybe just a fresh start on how you can communicate something or make a point. Or maybe it's even just an email and you're not sure how to really put it into different words. or You want to flip things around, but you need that little someone to help. And when you don't have a friend around to help you work things out, that's when Grammarly Go comes in because Grammarly Go helps you helps you come up with the new ideas, helps you change things around, helps you make your language more clear. Yeah. Compose intelligently. Type a prompt into Grammarly Go to generate high quality writing so you can spend less time on wordsmithing. Yeah. Personalize your voice. Customize your preferred style of communication by clicking set voice or the tone indicator at the top of the Grammarly Go window to personalize your tone and determine how you want to sound. Listen, it's so easy to misinterpret, you know, uh, text. Uh, or, you know, the typed words, emails, things like that. And if you're sending professional emails or personal emails, you want to make sure that people are reading it in the way you want them to read it. They're receiving it in the way they want you want them to receive it. And Grammarly Go is so helpful when it comes to that. It's also just a big time saver. It makes you sound more intelligent. Uh, it makes you feel it, look, look like a great communicator. To help you work more efficiently, look and sound smarter, check out Grammarly Go today. You'll be amazed at what you can do with Grammarly Go. Just go to GrammarlyGo.com slash go to download and learn more about Grammarly Go. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y.com slash go. That's GrammarlyGo.com slash go. Helix Sleep. Sleeping is so important and no one can make a better mattress than Helix Sleep. I truly believe that. I find it to be so incredible and so comfortable. Helix has a mattress for everyone. Doesn't matter how you sleep, whether you are 
uh, a big and tall person, whether you're a side sleeper, sleeping your back, sleeping your slides, sleeping your stomach, sleep hot, you sleep cold. Helix Mattress has over 14 different mattress styles to choose from and make sure to find one that's perfect for you. You just go to helixsleep.com, you take a quick assessment of the type of sleeper that you are, and then they will give you a 100-night trial. Try it for 100 nights, and if you don't love it, you can send it back for a full refund. Also, they come with a 10 to 15-year warranty, uh, depending on the mattress that you purchase from Helix Sleep. Me, myself, I have the Moonlight Mattress. It's incredible. I love it. I can't say enough great things about it. Also, it's super affordable. You don't even need a box spring. It's so easy. It comes right out of the box. It just inflates. It's just a whole little experience of it in itself. I can't say enough of great things about Helix. I, I don't know why not everyone is sleeping on one. I am a Helix customer for life. And the best part is you don't have to you, you take our word for it. They were named the number one mattress by GQ and Wired Magazine. So they have the awards to go with uh, y- yours truly's, uh, you know, stamp of approval. And right now, Helix is offering 20% of all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash V-I-A-L-L. This is the best offer yet, and it won't last long. So go to helixsleep.com slash V-I-A-L-L for 20% off with Helix. Better sleep starts now. How's it going? Hey, I'm Heather. I'm 30, and I seem to keep getting ghosted by my close female friends. Okay, and uh, these are your platonic female friends. These aren't romantic yes, friends. Yes. Okay, not uh, romantic. Okay, and these are your close friends, like like all like. Yeah. So I I'm in theater. So and I grew up with brothers. So okay. mostly most of my life I've had male friends, gay and straight. Okay. Um, that's kind of just what I tend to gravitate to. But in recent years, I've kind of, you know, it's nice to have a close female friend. You can yeah. talk about other things and, um, you know, it's just something different. I never had a sister. So uh, there seems to be this pattern where I'll get really close to someone and then they decide that something's wrong and they don't tell me what it is and they just disappear. So it's not like they're like flaking on you for drinks. They're just flat out. S- yeah. Stop being your friend. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> How many times has this happened? Three major ones. So Three I'm going major ones. Yeah, I'm going through one right now that's been pretty hurtful. Um, but basically, the so first really quick. Oh yeah. Well, let's talk about the the, the one you're going through now since it's the okay. most fresh in your memory. Uh, okay. How did you meet this person? How did the friendship start? <laughs> we went on birthright together last year. Okay. And for anybody who's like not familiar with that, uh, birthright <laughs> is like a trip you can take. It's a free trip to, to Israel, Israel yeah. that you can go on. It's yeah. usually like two weeks, right? Like 10 days ish. Yeah, 10 days. OK, yeah. so it's kind of like it's like adult summer camp, as like my friends have described it. I don't know if that's wrong. Just wanted to give <laughs> yeah. some context. Feels like a school field trip. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. OK. And then you met on this trip. Obviously, there was a personal, a, 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 an obvious connection that you guys shared on that trip. Uh, like. You know, it's funny. We actually weren't really friends on the trip. We didn't really talk much. I was friends with a group of boys, okay. as what I usually do. Um, but she, we found out that we lived really, we lived really close to each other in New York. Um, so we started kind of hanging out after the trip. We both dog sit as like a side hustle. So that kind of was convenient. We would like okay. pass clients off to each other. Sure. And then as we started to hang out more, we ended up getting really close. And over the past year, she's been my cl- pretty really close friend. We would hang out several times a week. Um, and yeah. What was the glue of the relationship? What was the bond? You know, like, why hmm. did you feel connected with her as a friend? I mean, I hate to 
say this, it kind of did start almost out of convenience. It was just so easy sure. to do things, but yeah, we did no, have a lot of not shared Not like why interest. it started, yeah, because like as an adult, you're just like, oh, yeah. you walk dogs, we don't have a yeah. trip, you want to hang out? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I mean, like, it's tough to make friends. But once you yeah. started going out, clearly yeah. you developed a closeness with her. Like, what did you like about the friendship? Yeah. Um, we... I felt like, well, she's really funny. We we had a lot to laugh and joke about. And I felt like we could talk about anything. I mean, she knew pretty much everything about me and I think vice versa. Um, and it was just, we just had a really good um, repartee, I guess. So uh, we would do, we would have work days together. We'd get together to just like sit at our laptops and get things done. Um, we would go to movies. We would go to shows. Uh, and and we started to have a little bit of an issue because so she struggles with depression and is very much an introvert. Okay. I struggle with anxiety, but I am more extroverted. I like being around people. Um, so some of the issues we would have is that she would start and this in the fall wasn't as bad of a problem. But then I went away for a couple months to do a show, came back in the spring and it started becoming a really big problem is that she would tend to flake out on plans, but because she didn't feel like, you know, being around people, but rather than telling me that she wasn't coming, she just wouldn't show up. So I would revolve my day around these plans that I had, and then I just wouldn't hear from her. And that was really hard for me because, you know, A, I've gotten anxiety. I'd be like, what's going on? And B, after having been ghosted by these two other female friends recently, and she knew this about me, it was really, a struggle for me and um because it's like you know if plans plans change that's okay and i would sit down with her and i'm not very confrontational but i like to have open communication so we had a few heart to hearts where i would just be like you know plans change if you really just aren't feeling like going out that's totally fine but all i ask is that you let me know because otherwise i'm sitting around waiting for you when i say? could be doing something else um, Any time that we talked about it in person, she was very uh, receptive. She was very like, I know you're right. I'm so sorry. I'm talking to my therapist about trying to be better about this. Because I think what happens is she, when she doesn't feel like, she doesn't want to let people down. So when she doesn't feel like having these plans, she just ignores it and kind of hopes that it'll go away. She's afraid to say she's not sure. But for me, I'm like, look, I promise I won't be mad. I'll promise I'll be understanding. But if I don't hear anything from you, it's just like inconsiderate, you know? Yeah. And what um, is, but again, oh, what is your relationship with her regarding men? We would both talk about boys. And I mean, both of our dating lives are kind of not super uh, existent. <laughs> it's just hard to date in New York. Gotcha. Um, but, but we would go, But well, would you ever get competitive? Out, like, I guess here's my question. It's hmm. just like, you have you called in with this like this pattern or history of this thing happening, right? You're trying to figure it mm -hmm. out. So, yeah, the most logical thing is to ask yourself: Are there patterns that I'm demonstrating in all these relationships, or are there patterns with all these women you're becoming friends with? Like, what's mm. what's consistent? Well, one, yeah. you're you're consistent. You know, you're in every single one of these relationships. I'm not putting it on you, but I'm just mm -hmm. pointing out that's one point of consistency. So, like, is there something? You know, and this is going to require some self-reflection on, yeah. on is there something you're doing? And maybe, maybe the something you're doing is becoming friends with, with these, a, a certain type of person. And that certain type of person mm -hmm. could be someone who 
you know, has, I guess, emotional baggage or whatever, or, you know, just this neediness or, or, or just, you know, like this pattern of flaking, was that a pattern yeah. and with all these two other women that like, were they flakers um, before they were ghosters? The first one, yes. Okay. And the first one I really should have seen coming because, you know, they say if a friend talks a certain way about other people, chances are they're talking that way about you. And yes. she was pretty love to gossip was pretty catty. So I shouldn't have really been surprised. The second friend, um, I really have no idea. She was pretty extroverted, outgoing, reliable, um, but just stopped answering one day. And to me, I think I just wasn't a priority for her. With the most recent friend, she's definitely mad about something. Um, the way that the fallout happened is I actually went back to Israel a couple of weeks ago for our close friend's wedding. Um, and she was watching my dog, who she loves, and everything seemed fine. Um, but then while I was there, she was supposed to walk a dog for me. And she sent me a message later that day saying, oh, by the way, I couldn't get into the apartment, so I didn't walk the dog. And that was like really bad for my business because, you know, I was in charge of getting this dog walked and I had to message the owner that it didn't get walked. And this was later that day. So I got a really upset message from him, understandably, that like, well, why didn't you tell me when you couldn't get in? So I could have figured something else out. So she hurt my business, which I was really upset about. But me being like trying to like communicate and being empathetic I didn't get mad at her I was just like okay well you know in the future please let me know right away and is this I mean, via text or this idea. is a phone call uh we facetimed because while I was okay. gone we facetimed quite a few times because she had so I could see my dog yeah uh and I was just like okay well you know just let me know in the future and what you did know, she say she was just like, sorry, I just like she kind of tried to pin it on me. She was like, well, I, I don't I didn't have the owner's number. And well, you seemed busy. I'm like, I would have responded <laughs> like I would have, you know, it's business. So uh, I didn't really get any accountability from her. So I was frustrated. But I was like, you know what, when I get back to town, we'll have a sit down and I'll say, listen, for business, this can't happen, you know. But again, I didn't want to. She was still watching my dog. I was very grateful. So then the day before I got back, um, my dog ended up having to go to the vet. She had an eye infection um, and everything was fine. She took her to the vet uh, and she was like, great, I'll see you tomorrow. So then the next morning, um, as I was on my way back, she just seemed really short with me via text. Like, she's like, I'll be home till 8.30. Then at 7.30, she's like, please hurry, I have to go. And it was just very strange. Um, so I came over, she handed me my dog and she like wouldn't even look at me. It was just very, very cold. I've never seen that side of her. Um, didn't really know what was going on, but I was like, okay, well, will you call me later today to let me know what the vet said? She said, sure. Uh, never heard from her. I gave her a few days, figured I'd let her cool off. Maybe she was just stressed about work or something and never heard from her again. Um, texted her over the weekend, was like, hey, how was your week? I was just wondering if you could give me a call when you get a chance to fill me in on the vet visit. And she sent me a message saying, hi, I'm sure you can call the vet and they have all that information. Please don't call me as I won't answer. And I haven't heard from her since. Uh, she had a set of my house keys just because as a friend, she was holding on to them so that I'd always have a friend with a copy. And about a week later, I saw that she had come by and just thrown my keys inside my gate. And now she's out of the country for a few weeks, but I am kind of just debating what to do, if it's worth keeping fighting for it or if, but I just can't fathom 
what yeah, she'd I mean, be this mad about. Bizarre. I mean, as nothing else, it's if bizarre. I were you, I would want to, you know, whether it's about, I don't know if it's about maintaining or fixing the friendship, but if you can get some, mm-hmm. the fact that this has happened in the past, I, I would understand why this is like fucking mm-hmm. with your psyche a little bit. Right. Well, and she knows about the past situations because we've had many conversations about it. And I would tell her this is part of why it's hard when I don't hear from you, because I start to think about these past situations and feel like it's happening again. And she'd be like, oh, my God, no, I would never do that to you. That's so awful. And now, you know. Yeah. And for the life of you, you can't figure it out. I was like, is she just mad because I was she was running late for work and I was running late? Like, or is she mad because I sent i sent her a screenshot of what the dog owner had said if any of those are the reason i can't understand why that would be make her so mad she'd want to drop this close friendship yeah or maybe but maybe then again i'm like you know i keep getting in my head maybe she she never valued me in the way i valued her and because she's such a pleaser maybe she was just hanging out to be nice you know i'm getting in my head all these friends keep dropping me and i keep thinking i cared so much about them i would never drop them they clearly didn't feel the same way about me and that's really hurtful yeah i'm so sorry like i'm sure nick is about to create some amazing advice i just want to say i'm so sorry that is brutal friendship breakups are like heart-wrenching and like so upsetting and at least with like a breakup if you're like straight or date men you can be like fuck men you know (laughs) stupid idiots and like with female friendships it is like absolutely soul crushing and devastating when they end and so i just want to say i'm sorry that you've had that experience like that's really tough (laughs) thank you yeah i don't know if i have any like amazing advice for you (laughs) i gotta (laughs) um you know it's just like i'm trying to be pragmatic here in the sense that like Mm -hmm. three is a pattern so but I, it's also never happened with a male friend. Yeah. If nothing else, there's a possibility that maybe you are just investing too much too soon in the wrong people. And is it possible when it comes to these women friends that you meet someone, you know, you even mentioned like, you know, there's a convenience there. We both walk dogs. We went on this trip together and she seemed nice. And, you know, we, we had fun hanging out and I just like decided to be friends with her. And, and yeah, you were open about it, but maybe you were just like investing in the wrong people. If I were you, I would absolutely ask her. Like you yeah. said, she knows, you know, I don't know what you did. You know, you don't even know what you did. Right. So mm-hmm. maybe you just reach out to her and say, hey, it seems as though you're upset with me. I would like to understand why. If, if, if you no longer want to be friends with me, I will respect that. But I do care about you. I love you no matter what. I miss you. If you no longer want to continue this friendship, I'd really appreciate you just helping me understand why. Again, I'll respect whatever you decide, but I'm left with a lot of questions and a lot of insecurities that I have about why this relationship ended. And if there's anything I can do to understand, I'd love to have a conversation and just kind of be super empathetic and understanding. Also, but don't forget that like, if she is willing to meet with you, you need to figure out whether this, this friend is willing, who really wants to be friends with you, really wants to yeah. respect your boundaries, really wants to like meet your needs, you know? A friendship is a relationship, maybe different than a romantic one, but yeah, maybe she, maybe this friend is only, has only been willing to be your friend because you were so willing to be accommodating to her needs. Mm. And at the moment you started having expectations or, or demonstrating any frustration that you had, this friend couldn't handle that. And you could just have a bad friend picker. That's entirely possible. <laughs> and maybe it's yeah. because you're just, you're just, you're not qualifying these friends enough. 
it like and I don't think it necessarily has to be like kind of black and white what I mean I just mean like you can just maybe slow down when you meet these friends because is there a pattern of you meeting these women and then these friendships kind of quickly take off and then you quickly start spending a lot of time together kind of like two people who might be dating is that consistent with all three of these friendships uh the second one yes the first one we've been friends since high school okay did you ever reach out to any of those other two women and be like what happened um the first one she actually reached out to me when covid happened uh-huh. um and we didn't quite make up but we kind of essentially she gave me the impression that she was upset with me because i didn't answer one text message from her which I thought was ironic given that she didn't answer 90% of the texts I sent her during our friendship. So, and then I felt like she was kind of just reaching out to me because she wanted something. Um, she was trying to get me to send her something. So that was the only, and with her again, I heard the way she would speak about other people. So it kind of the pieces kind of yeah added up. Um, second friend. Yeah, we did get close very fast. And I think, that in the end, I just wasn't a priority to her because before she goes to me, she was often just too busy to meet up. Yeah. So I guess what you can do, you know, the more that we talk about, the more I think there probably is some truth to the fact that I don't think you're qualifying these friends as much as you sh- should before you kind of define the relationship, so to speak, you know, before you start investing in these relationships, just like from a romantic, like the same as a, someone in a romantic mm-hmm. relationship, meet someone, a couple great first dates. I like them. Do you want to be my boyfriend, girlfriend? And they stop like checking it with themselves. They stop learning about this person and they just move forward with the happiness of having the boyfriend or the girlfriend or having the best friend. And then they hang out all the time Mm -hmm. and they don't really get to know each other. And then shit hits the fan. And then they wonder like why they can't work through it because they, you know, so I guess there's probably some, some of that. So I guess going forward, when you make friends with someone, take your time. You can be friends with someone and not start like hanging out three or four times a week and, and call each other best friends after two weeks and say, you know, feels like we've known each other forever. Like we're best friends. And it's like, <laughs> I mean, you can do that, but it get just like a romantic relationship. There's so much you need to know about each other. And there's so much you have to learn about each other that like you might find that while you can be friends and you can enjoy each other's company from time to time, too much of this might re- lead to you might not be as compatible as you as you'd like to think. Also, if you're trying to build yeah. out, like create, have more female friendships in your life, like kind of unlike dating monogamously, because like you can play, you can have multiple friendships that you're yeah. going at once that could help you kind of like slow the pace down a little bit, especially if like maybe mm-hmm. you join like an intramural like dodgeball team or like find some like <laughs> if there's a group. Activity. Have you always had one best girlfriend? No. So I think that's part of what it is, is that it's been rare that I have felt so connected with a female friend um and so when these friendships came along i think that's part of why i clung to them because i just typically i just like guys more like i a lot of i don't know yeah, i just no, that's don't okay. like as much i'm just it's kind of to amanda's so, point i think maybe just like when you hone in and you make friends with a woman it seems like you have a pattern of like be like, oh, well, I don't like, I don't have a lot of women friends. So you get real clingy to that one friend. And then maybe you have a pattern that you're not realizing where maybe you're just slightly too critical. Like, I'm not saying you're actually doing anything wrong, but maybe Mm -hmm. just the intensity, 
you guys aren't as compatible as you might think you are from a friendship standpoint. You have different interests or different things, you know, you join, you join each other's company, but like you're, you're spending, maybe spending too much time together where you, you need to be really compatible for it to still be enjoyable for the both of you. And there's a lot, there's, there's probably more, there's more similarities to, you know, platonic friendships and romantic friendships than there are differences. The biggest difference is you like, you fuck in romantic relationships or have sex, you get intimate, but like there are more similarities, you know, when when it comes... Most of the time, whether it's your friend or a romantic partner, you're just kind of spending time together. And to enjoy someone's company, you have to have, you have to be pretty compatible. And I'm, I'm willing to bet yeah. that you're not as compatible with these women as you either wanted to believe or thought you were, or maybe you didn't really give much thought to how compatible I am with this friend. I just like, we just like hanging out and it was based off of convenience at first. And, you know, it's like, why not? Like, I didn't find them offensive. We like each other. They're pretty nice, whatever. But the more you invest in it, the more it kind of got too much for that other person. And again, you being maybe more of a direct person and some of these people being less, you know, more passive aggressive, it just became too much for them. And then they just handled it the way they handle it. So you know, I don't think you're doing anything wrong, but I think you can maybe make adjustments going forward where either you just kind of slow things down or instead of like locking in on this one woman friend, maybe you just like be like, yeah, we're, yeah, we're friends. But like just because they're a, a woman doesn't mean they like take precedent over your guy friends or, you know, that I'm sure you have guy friends you can talk to about dating and things like that. And again, I, nothing... There are, I'm, I'm sure, parts of being friends with women that are just are hard to replicate with men, regardless if they're gay or straight, you know? I, I'm just saying, when you meet these women you become friends with, take advantage of the uniqueness that, they, that you are aligned as women, but it doesn't mean they have to supersede your other friendships that have more history and more rapport and more points of compatibility and things like that. And when it comes to the women friends you are making, slow it down. You know, be willing to make friends with multiple women, you know, be okay with liking different things and then don't force it. Don't get them to, don't force them to do the things that, you know, they don't like doing just like, and then maybe you're only hanging out once a week. Maybe it's this, you know, cause it's a lot easier to have, you know, like limit the expectations. Uh, my guess is, is that again, you're making friends with these women and you're like, well, I don't have as many women friends. So you put extra pressure on these friendships you're spending a lot of time with these people that deep down you're probably not as compatible with. And you, you both don't want to acknowledge that lack of compatibility. So you keep still hanging out. And the more you hang out, you're enjoying each other's company less and less and less. And, that some, and then it reaches a boiling point. Yeah. And that boiling point is them just kind of doing what they're doing now. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, that all makes a lot of sense. I think I was also kind of just the fact that like we did become so close so fast it's like they were giving me that as well and i think with a lot of my male friends that's rare right because with males it's like i mean once they get a girlfriend or a boyfriend it's it's just different you yeah, know yeah totally um and i i miss having a best friend my best totally. my closest best friend lives across the country so when it does happen that i have someone who like we talk every day and we see each other all the time it's it's hard not to take advantage of that. I um, hear you, but I think that's maybe the role you're playing. You know, yeah, for that, sure. that desire to have a best friend, just like people have a desire to have a boyfriend or girlfriend. Mm -hmm. So instead of being patient and letting it play out, 
you just jump into something that you haven't fully vetted and <laughs> you get super intense super fast and start playing house with someone you just aren't sure if you're compatible with only to mm-hmm. later find out that maybe you're a little less compatible than you hoped and you don't want to acknowledge that so you pretend it doesn't exist and that's how conflict starts and yeah. i'm guessing there's a lot of that going in these friendships because you know you want to have that best girlfriend and you meet these nice people where there's a lot of like there's a lot of things to like and then you kind of force the desire to have a best friend onto them that maybe they're just not capable of giving or or you're just not they're not really meant to be your best friend because you're not as compatible with them and so being a you know you don't first of all you don't have to have a best friend always I think maybe you just have to like let these relationships and friendships play out rather than deciding like, I really want a best friend in New York that I can hang out with. And the girl I hang out with all the time, she has to be my best friend because that's what best friends do. They hang out all the time. And you, I think you're kind of forcing it a little bit with these, with these friendships, which one, yeah. I, it might not be the cause of why they, why they fall apart because it just might be a lack of compatibility, but it could be why you have so much like sadness and hurt around these people. Because ultimately you just feel rejected and then you're wondering if it's you and things like that. I don't think it is you other than the fact that you're, you're kind of investing too much in people that you still have a lot to learn about. And you are, mm-hmm. you are prematurely identifying them as best friends. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I mean... <laughs> they're just, all they are Maybe is I women need... you become friends with that you yeah. like, that, that I think are I just that are there. I need to meet more friends because that's another thing. New York can be very lonely and totally. all my jobs are... My jobs are pretty solitary, you know, like, I mean, dog sitting, hang out with dogs, right? And and then like I act, which is not a lot of, it's harder to meet people. So yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it can be very isolating here in the city. I hear you. Yeah. But maybe try like, maybe instead of having to have one best friend, why mm-hmm. can't you just have a handful of friends? The other yeah. thing is like with your like with the guys and the gays, like the current friendship <laughs> roster, like if any of them, like I know you mentioned some of them like have girlfriends, like you can also like kind of like put feelers out for just being like, oh, hey, yeah. can you introduce me? And like that way you're kind of getting friends who are a little bit more vetted. Or if you make one friend where it feels like promising, like I feel like there have been times where I've been like adopted by a high school friend group because I've just become friends with one of them that mm-hmm. I've started an activity and then I met all of them. So also kind of like looking because it is so isolating especially in New York dear god it is so hard to have like meet cute moments and so I think like anything you can do to try to like use the existing connections to like grow other ones especially if it means you're getting people who have a little bit more like history with those friends who are a little less like flaky again like not a woman so I don't know maybe I'm speaking out of turn here but I wonder if you're experiencing a pattern just to slow it down and I think that you know you might find uh, better success or just, or just if nothing else, less disappointment, you know, because <laughs> if you lose touch with some of these women that you've only known for a year, it won't feel as dramatic because you won't be so like pot committed into one friend that you've guys decided, you know, three weeks into your friendship that they're your new best friend and you're going to spend all your time together. And deep down, there's a lot of aspects that you just don't see eye to eye on. Mm-hmm. And eventually it just becomes too much for one person. And unfortunately you being ghosted, I think is just a product of our dating culture that has accepted ghosting as a way to just end a relationship. 
And I think yeah. that's what's going on with you. It's not so much your inability to be a friend. It's, it's, it's their willingness to uh, adopt these bad breakup habits, bad habits and romantic relationships to their friendships into their friendship relationships, relationships as well. So I have one other question regarding this most recent friend. Um, and it's silly compared to everything that's happening, but we actually do have tickets to see the Jonas brothers in August. Okay. Well, <laughs> and I paid for my ticket. I paid for my ticket, but she has them, but I really don't think I'm ever going to hear from her again. How much were the tickets? What would you do? Well, one like $200. I, okay. First, Get, try to get an answer as to why she's handling it. Yes. Forget about the tickets for now. Yes. If, if you get a chance to speak with her, maybe that answer might answer itself. If she continues yeah. to ghost you, yeah, I mean, you might just, I think you have the right to at least be like, hey, can, I, can you send me my ticket? Or could I buy both tickets from you? That's what I was thinking. You know, yeah. if she ignores you, I think you just, I think you just write it off. You know, you chalk it up and just, you cut your losses. Yeah, it sucks. Mm -hmm. It's 200 bucks. I'm not saying it's not nothing, but you know, it's really not going to move the needle on your life, so to speak. You know, it's, it's a major yeah. annoyance. It's one of those things that you could decide to hang on to and let it bother you and complain to your other friends be like, this fucking chick, she fucking screwed me out of 200. But I think you just kind of let it go and don't yeah. let, don't hang on to that baggage. It's just kind of just toxic thoughts. And I think, yeah, you just try to get it back, but I wouldn't put up a big fight and I wouldn't all all it's going to be is just extra baggage that's going to weigh you down and keep you invested in this friendship that no longer exists and you just just let it fucking go yeah. you know new york parking tickets 200 bucks you know like whatever <laughs> you know what i'm saying like pretend it's yeah. something else you know you've lost 200 dollars before in your life it'll happen again it's super fucking annoying but you you live and you get over it and yeah, sure. whatever money you lost 5 years ago it's not like it's bothering you now. You just you're just over it. You've moved on to something else. Yeah, for sure. So I think that's that's my advice for you on that. Cool. All right. Awesome. Well, th thank you so much. This is my... I'm I'm also like feel so much better. That's oh good. I'm glad. Yeah, me. I wasn't sure if I was helpful, but I, I do think this is probably a very relatable topic for a lot of people listening. And and you know if you're listening on YouTube mm -hmm. or pop off in the comments, but like uh, I think there is something there of moving too quickly with friendships, just like people move too quickly with relationships. And it's not so much yeah. you in the friendship. It is you being too pot committed with someone that maybe you're just not compatible with friendship wise. I also, I have yeah. a friend in the city. She's incredibly direct. She's also in like arts acting stuff. I'm going to email you after the fact, cause I think you guys would really oh get God. along. So that would be awesome. I would love that. <laughs> I would yeah. love that. And then if she yeah, ghosts you in you. the future, then we have some talking. <laughs> and then I'll get the other side. I'll get the tea. I'll on what's you. Yeah. In the uh, meantime, this is this is my best friend right there we here. Go. So. That's the, for the listeners. Uh, the cutest dog in the world. But definitely reach out to the friend. Find you. You deserve some answers. It's worth trying. And then let us know how that goes. We would love an update. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. I, I really appreciate it. All right. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye. -bye. You too. Shopify. Hey, if you are selling online, why don't you have Shopify? We use Shopify for our merch. We use Shopify for natural habits. Shopify is, I don't, it's, it's, it's the platform that like everyone should have if you have an e-commerce business. It is so easy to set up. It's so cost efficient. It's easy to use. Uh, it's drag and drop functionality in terms of customizing the platform. 
so even if you're not even that tech savvy, it's pretty easy to get uh, Shopify up and running. Shopify is the commerce platform revolutioning millions of businesses worldwide. Whether you are selling uh, hats, merch, uh, shoes, uh, lawn equipment, doesn't matter. Shopify simplifies selling online and in person so you can focus on successfully growing your business. Shopify covers every sales channel from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform. It even lets you sell across social media marketplaces like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram, packed with industry-leading tools ready to ignite your growth. Shopify gives you complete control over your business and your brand without having to learn any new skills or design code. That's right. Thanks to 24-7 help and an extensive business course library, Shopify is there to support success every step of the way. Now it's time to get serious about selling and trying Shopify today. And right now you can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash V-I-A-L-L all lowercase. Just go to shopify.com slash V-I-A-L-L. Take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash V-I-A-L-L. Need a break from reality? Feeling down? Well, cheer up, buttercup, because Paramount Plus has your great reality escape. That's right. Escape into new seasons of the biggest competitions like Survivor, Big Brother, and the Challenge World Championship. With the boldest personalities from the family Stallone to RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars and even Queen of the Universe and the wildest drama like Are You the One? Plus hundreds of previous seasons all streaming at your fingertips. See, reality ain't so bad. Your great reality escape awaits you at Paramount Plus. Stream now. How's it going? Hi, I'm Julie, and I'm 32 years old, and my question is, how do I get over the guy who's the standard I hold all other men to? Okay, tell me about Mr. McDreamy. <laughs> Mr. McDreamy, well, um, we have been friends for like eight years, so we've been we've known each other for a long time. Um, after a few years of friends, we kind of went into a situationship, I guess. Okay. Um, how did and, that situationship um, start? How did that situationship end? Why was it never a relationship? There was always like an attraction between us as friends. And I guess, you know, just, you know, one night you're all hanging, you're hanging out by yourselves and one thing leads to another, you know, like making out. And then it kind of becomes a, oh, well, this is fun. So let's keep doing this. But like around all of our friends, we're not acting like a couple, but even though everybody knows, you know, on the side, we're, you know, making out and stuff. Yeah, I think, you know, it kind of developed more feelings. And so like I started trying to push maybe the conversation of, Hey, like maybe we should try and date. Like, obviously we're friends. We like each other. We now have this like physical connection and attraction. Why not try and actually date? Yeah. <laughs> um, I think he was like into it. Like I think he wanted it, but I think what was stopping him was, you know, he would say he didn't feel like our emotional connection was all the way where he would want it to be. And until like he felt that that wasn't a better really? place, he didn't want to like be in a relationship. Did he give examples as to why? I mean, that sounds like such a, like, a <laughs> almost even emotionally mature thing to say. I mean, it's a slightly more specific than, like, I'm just not ready for a girlfriend. I mean, it's like a little bit more, like, yeah. elevated to be like, well, I just don't know if our emotional connection is that where it needs to be. But, like, what does that mean? And was he interested in getting there? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's, like... Yeah, definitely a lot of history. So I'd say in the beginning, like in this first time, he couldn't really give a lot of specific reasons, which was really frustrating. And it was just like, I just don't know. I'm just waiting for this feeling. And I'm like, if you can't like help me, no, I'm just sitting here guessing and it's not going to work. And like, 
so yeah so that definitely didn't work and that kind of like was the head to why we broke up the first time and stopped hanging out the situationship which ended up like I think we were both really hurt by it because I think he wanted it to work he wanted to feel that with me but couldn't really articulate it and so like we were both really hurt at the end of it and ended up like not talking for like two years (laughs) um and it put like a rift in the friend group and stuff um but more specifically because I I I I don't out that he was upset but i'm more curious about we know for sure and i'm curious like so when you 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 so you're the one who went to him and said hey uh, how about we date he Mm -hmm. said uh you know this this thing is not meeting my emotional connection standards we shouldn't date and then i'm assuming you said well then i don't think we should hang out anymore yeah kind of it got like we just would have the same conversation over and over again and I never really felt like he could give me any like real examples or like what I was doing that like wasn't meeting what he wanted or something. And so like, I'm just sitting here trying and like yeah. just shooting in the dark yeah. and I don't want to do that anymore. And so, you know, maybe we're just like not in the right place to, to do this. And then you, and sh- kind of- but you shut it down. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then he and was then, like, like, I can't talk to you and anymore. I'm saying, like, things weren't like wrong. Like I ended up going to therapy after this. I think he did some therapy in those couple of years where we weren't friends. And like, I, you know, had other relationships that I felt like were, you know, good, emotionally healthy. They just didn't work out. And he dated other people too. And then about like a year and a half ago, we kind of started being friends again, which I thought was great. And I was like, oh, great. We can like, just be normal. Cause it had caused this weird thing between all of our friends. Sure. Um, How did that and- reconnection happen? Um, he just kind of started coming around again to things. Like I was never really shy about like not going to things. Um, and I feel like he was, and then, so I, you know, we kind of just like kept our same friendships, but would just have sometimes like, it's like, oh, well, like he's invited to this. He's probably not going to come, you know, because he knows that you're going to be there. Okay. Um, Yeah. It seems rather dramatic. (laughs) Yeah. Kind of was. Yeah. Um, so then, yeah, he started coming around to things. I didn't really know. I don't know what changed really, but then I was, I thought it was like, this was just a good sign for our friendship that we could at least be somewhat friends, be friendly, have friendly conversations, maybe not to the level that we used to be friends, but. But you, at this point you had slept with him? Um, no, we're both very religious, okay. so we don't believe in sex before marriage. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that's good context. So you guys start hanging out again. Yeah. And we kind of quickly hit that same wall. like. I'm like, why don't we just try dating? Like, we have all this friendship. We know each other, like, and we have, and we have feelings. So why not just like be in a relationship? You guys reconnected and then you propositioned him again? Yes. Yeah. Well, we became friends, which then like us, like led to us, like talking more, hanging out one-on-one, which then ends up like making out. And then like, we then fall back in. Okay. And then after like, you know, a little bit, I'm like, okay, well, why aren't we going further now? Like, why aren't we being like progressing? How old is this guy? He is 42. He is 42. Okay. Yeah. Are you both virgins? <laughs> yes. Both of you? Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. And he's still <laughs> unsure? Like, what's stopping this guy from like giving this the old college try? It was really hard to pinpoint I guess like when he would say like our emotional connection like wasn't great or like what he he wanted it to be more I kind of felt like he just wanted me maybe to be more like him like he is a very driven 
you know, goal oriented person where he has a lot of personal goals for himself and is always striving and like, you know, wants to um, better himself. And I'm like driven in like my work and professional life, but in my personal life, I'm pretty chill. Like where I maybe see it as like a compatibility where like he has a lot of goals and like is always pursuing something and I'm a little bit more chill, but I'm also like a super loyal and supportive person. So like, I want to be there for him. I am like a hundred percent in on like helping, being there, doing what I can to support. But I think he would rather I am, had my own like big goals and that like, we are working on things like, because we're both working on really hard things. That's how we like connect. Hmm. What's he do for a living? He is like a finance accounting. He does a lot of like Okay. Like CFO type things for like small companies. Good for him. And, and, and so did he specifically say this to you or? Yeah. Yeah. And those, in like more or less words. His big issue is like why he's like resistant to dating you and getting to know you and building this relationship because you don't want to be a, like a CFO like him. I mean, I'm being somewhat sarcastic. I think he just feels like that would be a really great way for us to connect what he wants to talk about accounting with you um no not like account like not like accounting just like 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 whatever goals he's working towards sure. be personal or professional goals that like i have like my own goals i'm working towards and then because yeah. we're both like working towards hard things we then can relate to each other on how we can like, yeah, but like those, each other. that could be literally anything first of all like two super ambitious people doesn't mean Yes, I'm, they're rom they're romantically yeah. compatible. It yeah. doesn't. It can that by itself is not like oh well they're too like career that that could be something they butt heads about. Like often two professionally yeah. driven people, you know, uh, one person's professional dreams might get in the way of another person's professional dreams. You know, and that's that also like what I think. I'm like, what happens like if we got married and had a family? Like no not we have to give up our dreams, but like someone people have to like compromise and you have to like start taking a step back. That's why I'm, I'm fascinated by the fact that you guys are both like devout. I'm, I'm, is it Christian? Are you Christian? Christian. Yeah. Okay. So you're devout Christians. It's like, he, it's like, he's a fuck boy trapped in a Christian's body, you know? <laughs> Cause it's like, it may, I, look, what's, what's this guy's angle? He's 40 fucking two years old. I, I'm excuse my leg. I'm swearing in front of you. No, you're fine. Okay. Uh, he's 42 years <laughs> old. Um, he is, a devout Christian man who has uh, abstained from sex for 42 years. And he's talking to you like a fuckboy as if like he doesn't want to settle down. What's his angle? If, if you were any other person, right, uh, you know, and you would have been like, yeah, we hooked up and, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And, we're, you know, I'd be like, yeah, you know, he just he doesn't want to. I mean, he still probably doesn't want to prioritize you over all the other things he wants to prioritize. I'm really curious. Like, what, what does this guy want? What's his angle, right? I, the reason why I say this is because, like, every, you know, in hookup culture, like, if I had to oversimplify, I'd just be like, yeah, I mean, they just probably want to, like, sleep around and, and not have the responsibilities of a girlfriend and, and, and they want to date around and yada, yada. And uh, he can clearly date around as a, a devout Christian man, but, like, doesn't that just fucking get old? I mean, the only <laughs> upside to dating around and having the variety is hookup culture in the sense that like you kind of get to have sex with a bunch of different people. But if, if yeah. you're someone who 
is either over it or it just goes against the grain of your faith or your religion. Honestly, I'm just trying to figure out like, why not try to build a connection with anyone, literally anyone, someone, you know, <laughs> like what is he? Yeah. What is he holding out for? Is he just, is he just like a big fan of rom-coms? I think he, yeah, I think he's holding out for that great match to then have a wonderful, fascinating life. Yeah. Well, he is 42. Hasn't happened yet. I, I hate to burst his bubble. He might be, he might have a warped sense of reality when it comes to his romantic life. I, I've just like, I, I want to like, I want to meet this guy and be like, what, what, what are you holding out for? And listen, maybe it's not you. You know what I'm saying? Maybe he just, yeah. at the end of the day, it's not you. But the way you tell this story, there's things that aren't adding up for me, which I'm not saying you're, but what it doesn't add up for me is here's this virgin 42, 40 some year old man at the time. You guys made out and you're like, hey, I want a date. He's like, you know, romantic connection. And then the fact that he couldn't hang out in the friend group, you know, he had to avoid yeah. you for two years. Then you guys mm -hmm. reconnect. And you fall back into the same trap of, you know, having one-on-one -on -one conversations, getting, you know, talking about each other and the cycle and, yeah. so, you know, and making out a little bit like what? I don't get it. You know, it would make sense to me if you were like, oh, you know, I like this guy. We made out a little bit. I tried to date him. And then like he was like, no. And you were like, oh, but I really like him. And so then you avoided the group for two years. And then finally you came back and you, and then you tried again. And he's like, no, still don't know. Like we can be friends, but I'm just, it's, I'm just not feeling it. I'm just, I'm so confused by what this guy's angle is. And that's also what's been like, here's something else that probably make it even more confusing is like, we have this cycle. We have these things. We go on the break for like a couple months and then someone reaches out and like, you know, and so I've asked him, I'm like, why do you keep coming back to me? Like, it should be so easy yeah. to get over me. Right. We break up one time because of your connection reasons and like not being able to like get to the point that or like get where you want us to be like. And then so we like break up and things and we don't talk, you know, like it should be so easy to get over me. You know, it should be like, oh, I miss I miss her. Well, like but we didn't have a great connection and that sucks. So like, fine, you know, but you you keep coming back around and reaching back out to me. Have you ever asked him like, what the fuck do you mean when you say you don't have a great connection? I don't know about you. But to me, I would think, you know, think out the word great. I don't know. Maybe great's overselling it. But I feel like two people who seem to have a hard time hanging out with each other when the expectation is we no longer can be involved romantically and that's off mm -hmm. the table. And then two years later, you come back and we pick up pretty much right where we left things off. I don't know. I don't think that happens with most people. I would argue that maybe there is some kind of connection. And maybe the only reason why it's not as great as you that you want it is because you're you're not actually ever willing to give it a shot. I mean, like why like if nothing yeah. else, why isn't he willing to try? What is he holding out for? Like, oh, save the friendship? Like clearly what what friendship? You guys clearly didn't hang out for two years. In the two mm -hmm. years that he chose to avoid you, he could have dated you, learned he hated you, broke up with you, and then just have the answers that he wanted. And like I don't understand like what Yeah. Is a finance man, CFO, working a small business, he alone should understand how, like, the, the waste of time that he has done on himself as it relates to you two. I, yeah, I don't really, I don't really know. <laughs> Unless I'm missing something, this story sounds kind of ridiculous. I would say, yeah, I think, I, I think that's the thing. It's like everybody who knows that's like all of our similar friends right there. Like, on paper, you guys seem great. But does, does he have just kind of a very, it's almost like he has a very immature ideal of what a relationship should be 
And maybe there's some element to like um, the fact that he has waited so long for for sex. And maybe he has built this up in his head. And it's like, well, whatever I have to have sex, it has to be, you know, someone who I know is going to be the mother of my children plus a porn star. I don't know. Is he like trying to collect this super duper woman in his head? I don't really know what he wants. He's not here. I can't talk to him. But it, it, if nothing else, it just it makes no sense why he is wasting his own time saying no to getting to know you more and building a connection and then avoiding you for two years only to come back to the group and fall into that same pattern. Makes no logical sense. And I know most men, if I'm oversimplifying, like, like, like logic, they like problem solving, they like very basic kind of like, you know, Take take the emotions out of it, you know, just very... So why... Have him make sense about it. So what is he holding out for? I don't know either, I guess. Yeah, I think it's just... I think he's holding out for that, yeah, very, like, special... What I might classify as, like, unrealistic expectation of somebody, of, like, a part, like, a romantic partner. Like, I feel like he'll describe his friendships. Like, he's like, I have these great friends where, like, I connect with them on this, or I connect with this person on that, and, like, I don't know why I can't connect with you, like, in those ways. Connect with you how? I guess, like, yeah, that's really what's kind of confusing, and I, I try to always dig into it, but he kind of ends up talking in circles. Forgetting about what he has to say, if I were to talk to you, like, tell me how you think you mm -hmm. two connect. Right. We have, I feel like we have like similar interests. So I feel like we can have a lot of fun together. We can like joke okay. around really yeah. easily together. Yeah. I, I want to talk to this guy. <laughs> <laughs> available. Can we call him? Oh, he would probably hate that I'm on this. <laughs> Why? Um, he's very like private, tightly wound, anal. Yeah. He needs to loosen the fuck up, I think maybe. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just kind of more fascinated by your story. I feel, I feel like I'm not being very helpful. I'm just kind of like, oh, no way. So I guess what could you do about it? You need to stop listening to his bullshit, I guess. <laughs> you know, like you, like mm -hmm. you said, he kind of talks in circles. It has like taken a hit on like, yeah, sometimes my self-confidence where I'm like, am I not like interesting enough? Am I yeah. not like engaging enough? Well, that's a thing. I mean, anytime he goes into this like whole why he can't date you i think you just need to like kind of shut it down be like listen you know i've kind of heard all the things that you think ultimately why you don't think i'm good enough to be your girlfriend and like you have a right to feel that but like you make no sense and just say that and well, what do you mean no sense it's like i know how i feel about you i know i care about you like i you know that your whole like i need to be as professionally driven and what why what does it have to do with a connection my lack of matching your exact drive or our ability to like talk about finance or career girl goals is like is that really what you're looking for in a relationship also like what is causing you to not get over me because you're not mm -hmm. you're the one who avoided me for two years and then after two years you're the one who's like entertains this just like i entertain this and we make out if you don't think we're compatible then why are you doing this because we could have figured this all out. Explain that to me. You have to like wake him up. He's kind of stuck when it comes to the two of you. And I would say like, yeah. oh, the two years off would have might have woken him up. I always describe it. I'm like, I don't want to be the one to like, yeah, burst his bubble and try to be like, try to convince him to like, quote unquote, maybe like settle. Yeah, I don't think you should beg for him to be your boyfriend, you know, and I don't think you should give him a whole like PowerPoint presentation of why you two should date. <laughs> I think you should just ask 
and stick to the obvious kind of talking points as to why this has just been a giant waste of both of your time. What is the state of your relationship now? Like, are you guys talking? Um, no, we ended things again, again. Um, about like a month or so ago. So now we're in the like, okay, we're not talking, give each other space. Is he avoiding you again? No, I, we, I, mean, I haven't seen him, but we have, I haven't necessarily been to anything that I think he would need to avoid me at. Gotcha. Why is this guy your ideal man? Um, I think for all the reasons I've said in terms of like how I feel around about him in terms of like the being able to be, um, you know, have fun, be light, but also have deep conversations. And then, yeah, there are qualities about him that I admire that I would like, that I think would also like make that I've always been like attracted to like the drivenness. And um, he's also very kind um, to all of his friends and family. Like his friends are his like family. So he's super kind and loyal. He um, is patient sometimes, most of the time, maybe not when it comes to like our emotional connection and wanting it to be more, um, but he can be patient and kind. He seems a bit indecisive. Yeah. It's like just so weird because I feel like in relationships, he's super indecisive, but it like no one else would explain that, like describe him as that if you were just like a friend. Yeah, but there's something, there's something missing here. The fact that he is a 42-year-old virgin, he either has this immense willpower and stubbornness i mean i'm just saying regardless of how faithful you are to your religion as a human being as a as a as a man doesn't he want to i mean or is he just like used to not having sex maybe it's like it's easy to abstain but yeah and again exactly that's kind of my point it's not easy you do it because it's important to you and ultimately, I'm assuming you're willing to wait. But at this point in his mm-hmm. life, I mean, he's getting up there. If he's not into you, he's not into you. I just don't understand the drama behind this situation. Why does he need to heal right now? If there's no emotional connection that would allow you to, to like give it the old college try, then what does he need to heal? That's why I'm always wondering. Like, I know why I need to heal and maybe yeah, why yeah. I need this space. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, I don't, that's why always my question was like, why do you keep coming back to me? It should be so easy to be, to get over me. And just forgive the question, but I'm just, I'm out here. There, there's no chance that he might be like, you know, secretly into men and just hasn't realized it. It doesn't make sense that he isn't even willing to, try with you and here he is 42 going on 43 still like being devout to his religion abstaining from sex and also kind of being this avoidant person who doesn't want to try the only guess that we all have the three of us can come up with in this room is that he's like looking for this ideal partner you would think that after 42 years you might you might think to yourself you know what maybe i I don't even know what I want. He's searching for, I, guess, I assume, a feeling as if he literally wants Jesus to come down and say, oh. but I mean, all jokes aside, I feel like that's how ridiculous his expectations have gotten with who he thinks he is supposed to finally settle down with, propose to have a family, get married and finally consummate the relationship. If he hasn't found that yet, maybe he needs to recalibrate what he's looking for. Mm-hmm. All this aside, the fact that he is the way he is, you should maybe start taking into account whether he means to or not. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard for you to not feel this is some sort of rejection. And then when we get rejected, our egos get activated 
And we're more focused on hiring, how can we prove to ourselves, our egos, and these people who are rejecting us that we are enough. And we get kind of fixated on being enough rather yeah. than fixating on why am I allowing this person to constantly make me feel like I'm not enough? He might be a lovely person and a great friend and loyal and nice and all these things, but you are, is for just focusing on you for a moment, you are investing a ton of energy on someone who, at least in his, his, his personal life, his romantic life, is incredibly indecisive to the point where he, can't, he doesn't make sense. You maybe need to start considering the fact that like, as lovely as he might be, he is still a 42-year-old man who still can't seem to figure out his shit. And if at, after 42 years, is he going to? I don't know. Yeah. This is kind of who he is. I think you might need to start more focusing on moving. Uh, unless you want to go one more kind of last hurrah and just be like, I'm just going to flat out say, I think you're making a mistake. I think you have an unrealistic expectation of what you think a connection means. And I'm not saying I'm your person, but I don't get why you need to heal over someone that you claim not to have a connection with. After two years of not seeing me, I, for the life of me, can't understand why it's so easy for us to like feel that what you claim to be not a connection, but like clearly there is a connection. And then when you, re when, when you once again decide that like for whatever reason, you can't even try to build a connection with me, that we have to take some sort of space, like make that make sense. Can, can you even make it sense to yourself? And if you can't, like maybe you need to start figuring out like after 42 years, What's going to change, dude? At this point, you've tried every like logical, yeah. calm, kind of you nothing know, to lose at this point. Literally, you have nothing to lose. And honestly, I think the only thing you might have to lose is him begrudgingly and reluctantly dating you, only to realize you're in a relationship with someone who's just kind of emotionally stunted when it comes to like being the partner that I'm assuming you want and deserve. But at that point, I think you need to start focusing on moving on. And letting it go and start accepting him and not and stop seeing him as this like amazing person who could be a great partner if he just was willing to give you a shot and start seeing him as someone who's a 42 year old person who for the life of him is incapable of making decisions for his personal life and kind of hides behind his work and avoids having connections with meaningful people for whatever reason. And you want someone who is more emotionally mature, who is willing to take a risk, who is willing to take a chance on you, who's willing to invest in you and do all the things that you think that you're willing to do for them. And the fact that he's not willing to do yeah. it for you, like, it's not just you, you know, as far as, you know, can you let your ego know that is a guy who is still a 42 year old version who seems to like, anytime you meet someone pretty decent, finds a way to like figure out why it's not good enough for him. And that's a him problem. That's his journey mm -hmm. and his problem that he has yet to figure out after 42 years. As I see it, I see this guy who like, there's something going on that's not adding up. No, I definitely agree with all of that. That's yeah. what I think I'm trying to do right now. I'm kind of in the move on phase. I, I, I love that you're in the move on phase, but since you have nothing to lose, I think yeah. if nothing else, this will help you move on because it seems like you haven't really said everything that you've wanted to say. I get the impression I from you that you every time you talk to him, you have a measured approach because you're always worried about triggering him or saying something wrong or saying something to upset him or put him in a bad mood. And you're just you're, you're always tiptoeing around this like emotionally fragile guy. 
<laughs> and I think you should stop giving a fuck. And I think you should finally tell him exactly how you feel and, and not give a fuck about how he responds to it or his feelings. You don't do anything or say anything just to be mean. You just finally, for the first time in your relationship, you just say exactly how you feel. You don't worry if it makes sense to him. You don't worry about if he's going to understand it the way you mean it. You just say exactly how you feel. And if nothing else, you will have been able to just be like, you know what? I fucking said it. I got it out. Now I can move on. Yeah. No, I think that's very, all very accurate. <laughs> you need to stop this pattern as well because of this, this approach doesn't work because he is yeah. either too afraid or too avoidant or whatever to try. And again, like he could have dated you these past two years. You guys could have figured it all out. You could have been broken up by now. Mm -hmm. You could have been fully moved on. You know, you both could have realized you truly weren't compatible. And yet he spent all this time just avoiding you only to like have a couple makeout sessions again to the, and then and then have to heal from that. Like, what the fuck? If, if he was making business decisions about his life, he would have been fired a long time ago. He would have fired himself. <laughs> all right. Well, good luck. Keep us posted. Let us know what you decide to do. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Good luck. Keep us posted. Good I'm dying to you. find out what uh, what uh, what you finally end up saying. All right. All right. <laughs> good luck. Thanks. All right. Bye bye. Thanks for listening. See you back tomorrow. Bye. bye.